0: This is episode number 64 of ActorCast with Bobby Block. Welcome to ActorCast, the podcast that broadcasts the work, advice, and insight of actors, writers, directors, producers, and other industry experts in show business. I'm your host, Patrick McAndrew. Sit back, take notes, and enjoy the show. Hello, actor casters, and welcome to another episode of ActorCast. Thank you so much for tuning in, where you are learning the latest and greatest from the entertainment industry experts. We have a very special episode for you today. We are talking with my good friend, Bobby Block. I had the opportunity to work with Bobby about 12 years ago, so I've known her for a while, Bobby Black is a Philadelphia-based theater artist. She performs, directs, teaches, and produces unscripted theater. She founded and was the producing artistic director of critically acclaimed Tongue and Groove Spontaneous Theater for 15 years. She also co-founded and continues to perform with Barrymore Award recipient Comedy Sports Philadelphia. Bobby teaches improvisational theater at Temple and Drexel Universities and has taught her signature actors improv method around the world. Recently, Bobby ventured back into scripted theater as Agatha in Michael Hollinger's Incorruptible. Bobby has an MA in theater from Villanova University, like myself, and a BA from University of Pennsylvania. Bobby's other career is as a communication skills facilitator and applied improv practitioner. So it's safe to say that Bobby knows a lot about improv, and just having the opportunity to have worked with her myself, I just felt like I grew so much as a performer, so much as an actor during my time working with her, and having the opportunity to see Tongue and Groove perform on multiple occasions. In this episode, we talk with Bobby about how she got into improv as a career. We also talk about how actors can benefit from improv training and how they can apply it to scripted work, what some of the skill sets are necessary to perform improv successfully, and we also discuss how people not in the entertainment industry can also benefit from improv. If you like this episode, head to actorcast.fm and leave us a review. Leaving us a review goes a long way in just promoting and letting people know about the show. I promise you are going to enjoy this episode and be able to walk away with a lot of valuable knowledge. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of ActorCast, Bobby Block. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ActorCast. I am so excited for this episode today. Joining us is my good friend, Bobby Block. I've known Bobby for a while now. Bobby, I'm so excited to have you on the show.
1: I'm so excited to be here, Pat. Thanks for for inviting me.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about when we first met, and it was... 12 years ago <laughs> isn't that okay. amazing
1: yeah like <laughs> the, the,
0: the time time has flown and for those listeners who may not know I had the opportunity to work with Bobby when I was in undergrad she directed an improv show and I was very fortunate enough to get cast and that that show playing favorites was is still one of the highlights of My time at Ursinus College, I had so much fun. I also just learned so much from you as well and was able to take what you taught me and just apply it into my work as a performer moving forward and so i I really look at that production uh with fondness and and from there i had the opportunity to see your uh group as well tongue and groove perform multiple times and it's just been great being able to be in touch through the years and, and keep up with each other's careers so it's it's great to have you here on the show
1: Thanks so much, Pat. I agree. I love staying in touch with you and following your career, and I'm absolutely delighted and feel quite rewarded that you feel that way about the uh, the show at her sinus. because that was also one of my highlights. I really that stands out in a lot of things that I've done as uh, one of my favorite productions or, or artistic processes that I've had. I learned a lot from all of you and the cast was so great and it was a wonderful experience. So it's definitely a highlight for me as well and I'm glad you remember it that way.
0: Well, I think what I walked away from from that experience is how essential improv training is, whether you're improvising and whether, you know, you're doing an improvised show or whether you're doing a scripted piece. I was able to take from that experience and apply it just to any performing work that I was doing. So I'm wondering if we could start there uh, with our conversation. I I would love for you to share with our listeners uh, what your background is and how did you get into improv as a career?
1: Well, I interestingly enough, never studied improv in undergrad or graduate. You and I went to the same graduate school. Yes, uh, and, Villanova uh, represent. Villanova represent. And at the time, there, there really wasn't any improv being taught there or, or anywhere. It just wasn't offered as academic study. Usually, if you wanted to do improv, you after you graduated, you would go find an improv group. And, and that's what I did. So I was trained as an actor. And I really never even thought about performing as an improviser at all. But as an actor, you know, you go on whatever audition pops up for you. So there was an audition in Philadelphia for a group called Comedy Sports. And some of your listeners might be familiar with Comedy Sports because it's a part of a, a chain or a sort of a licensee franchise kind of thing, uh, across the country. So there are 25 comedy sports teams across the country, and there was one starting in Philly. I auditioned, I got in, and I learned improv on the job. I learned while I was doing it, as did almost all of the other people who had auditioned. Everybody was an actor, and we really didn't know what an improv game was in terms of performing an improv game for an audience. We might have played some improv games in acting class, but we didn't perform improv. So I'll just pause there. That was the start. I could go on and on about what happens after that. You want me to continue?
0: Well, I think just to to make a comment on that, it is interesting just how... You know, I I think there has been an evolution over time in, in improvisation and just how popular it has become now. I feel like nowadays it is a very popular thing to study, a very popular practice to study. And so it's interesting, just I'm sure you've seen the evolution, especially in your career working in improv so heavily. I'm sure it's been interesting to see from your perspective, just the evolution of it over time as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. So after that time, after I was trained through comedy sports, and then I can tell you the the other things that I was trained in, I started teaching improvisation at Temple University and Drexel University, and then sort of these guest appearances like at Ursinus, and I taught at Villanova, and I taught at a lot of different universities. And it started growing, as you said, over time. And yet still, right now, there's still... I would not say that improvisation is a core required course, for example, for most uh, acting programs. Not that I know of. Right. I, I, Your listeners can correct me. Uh, it might be out there in several programs, but not across the board. Like across the board, you've got movement, you've got voice, uh, and you've got your acting classes. But to make sure that improv is a core course, I don't know that that is... It still isn't quite there yet. And as you and I agree, I think it should be an absolute core course for anyone studying acting. So just to go back, after I learned about improvisation from comedy sports, which are just games, right? It's just theater games that are played The sports part is that you're playing them like a competition and there's a referee that wears stripes and and calls (laughs) fouls if you make a bad joke and the audience scores who who made them laugh the most. So that's improv games. But then what I did was I wanted to know more. So I started studying improvisation in Chicago, which is uh, sort of the birthplace of American long form improvisation. And I went there and I learned more about scenic improv which is more like creating a little theatrical scene uh, as opposed to a game that has a gimmick applied to it. And I learned more about improv there. I also studied something called playback theater and playback theater is an international form of improvisation that takes stories that the audience tells them, and they use music, movement, and acting to play back the stories of the audience. So again, more narrative, more scenic than just a a game with a gimmick. So between comedy sports and then studying long form and then studying playback, that's when I started feeling like, I want improv to be more like scripted theater so to have the integrity of scripted theater or of the, the arc, the dramatic arc of, of scripted theater with still the tension and the, oh my gosh, feeling of you know being on edge of something improvised. And that's when I invented tongue and groove and what I call actors improv, which is taking the skills of the actor and the skills of the playwright and putting that into something that is unscripted or improvised. So throughout my career, that's where I, I started with games and then I studied long form and then I studied more and then, and then I went back to my acting roots, put it all together. And that's what we, that's what I'm doing right now.
0: Well, I think this is something when I had the opportunity to work with you that really resonated with me was kind of dissecting into what you call stereo comic improv and, there was something that was very tangible to me that I, it was why I loved it so much in that sometimes life is hilarious and really funny. And then other times it's very dramatic and serious. So because of that, there was, I felt like a realness that we were able to find as a cast or, or, you know, with my fellow scene partners that just felt very authentic and, uh-huh as a performer and as an actor, especially, you know, just in general, I feel like sometimes it's difficult to to find those moments and to be able to settle in those moments. And I feel like with improv, in the way that you taught it, 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 it kind of made those moments, at least for me, more accessible. Uh, yeah. I, there was There was a freedom to it. And at the same time, there wasn't this pressure to be like oh it's improv okay i have to be funny you know i'm gonna i'm gonna set my scene partners aside so i could get the laugh no it was it was much more so about working together as a collaborative team and finding you know the 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 pulse of that moment whether it be funny or not yeah
1: yeah and that i'm i'm delighted that that resonated with you because that's certainly what i stand for now as an improviser. That you want to follow the truth of the scene. You want to follow the truth from your own experiences. And if it's funny, it's funny. If it's serious, it's serious. And my favorite moments are just like in life, as you said, when it's, it's serious and then suddenly you make somebody laugh. That happens. I've been in a fight with somebody and suddenly we just start laughing about it. Or we're laughing about something and then you just take a breath and and say, look, this is what this is really all about. This isn't funny anymore. This is what this is really all about. So I usually teach my students to get to that point where you're going deeper and you're asking yourself, what's this really all about? What is really motivating this humor in me, this this need to make it funny? And then the character reveals that. And it's a beautiful moment. I really love the idea of using acting methods, which again a lot of your listeners know. You know, using uh, Stanislavski or Strasberg or Meisner techniques, all of that, and anything that is working on just being fully present and fully connected to your own experience in the moment, and using that experience in the moment to make it real and authentic. So as you know, as we we work together, I would ask or I do ask my actors to instead of inventing some storyline out of your imagination, take what you really experienced yourself, your own experience of your own life and bring that into your improv. And then I say it's a little fact. It's a little fiction. It's a little fact. It's a little fiction. And once you know how to immediately draw from your own life, and then fictionalize it a little bit and then draw a little more from your own life and fictionalize it then you're really in, in in the groove right you're you're acting and you're playwriting and you're directing all at the same time and that's what makes a great scene from from my point of view about how improv could work
0: <laughs> it really is amazing and just to be able to see the finished product of, of both the, the show that I was involved in, but then also the many shows that I saw you and your troupe perform as well. It's incredible to to see an improv show like this because you know as an audience member that it's improv, so it's all being made up on the spot. But there is a very uh, coherent structure to it and that was something that you know just in the rehearsal process that was very fascinating to me was that yes everything was improvised but we had a lot of rehearsals in order to be able to come together and structure a show that was that was enjoyable that you know allowed us to kind of perform truthfully as well it it, it really was incredible and so I'm curious, just in the way that that you teach improv, how do you believe that actors can benefit from improvisation so that they could apply it to scripted work?
1: Well, I look at improv. You you just said, oh, we had to rehearse a lot. You know, we really practiced a lot. We did a lot of of work to get to a place where we could improvise truthfully. So I feel that that is about reps, getting your reps in. And in terms of applying improv to scripted work, if you improvise a lot, you are getting at least the improv that I like to do, this actor's improv, right? You're getting your reps in of constantly uh, dipping into your own emotional being, your own intentions, your own uh, objectives, everything that comes from you and a true place in you, you're dipping into that over and over and over again over the course of, you know, an hour-long performance. And then if you do many performances, you're you're continually practicing going inside to find your inspiration. Uh, you're also practicing connecting with your partner because I hope that a lot of your listeners know about yes and it's very you know i i hope everybody knows that yes and is the the basis of all improv and that what you're doing is you're taking an offer that your partner gives you and you're accepting it and building off of it. And that's where the creation comes from. So it comes from your own inner life, but it also comes from inspiration from your scene partner. So you're repping that over and over and over again. I'm present and I'm building off of you. I'm present and I'm building off of you. So if you do that over and over again, you're going to use that in your scripted work you're going to more easily be able to access your emotional life and put it into your scripted work. You're going to more easily access focusing on your partner and being present with your partner and letting your partner give you things and let your partner affect you in your scripted work. So I look at it like sports, you know, like you're learning how to, on basketball, you're learning to dribble and shoot and and pass the ball and Run and, and, and get to know your teammates um, so that when you're in the basketball game, you more easily can access all those skills that you've practiced over and over and over again. The, imp- the The basketball game is improvised, but you've gone to practice for weeks and weeks and weeks before the basketball game so that you can access it easily. Does that make sense? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I love that analogy. <laughs> that's uh, that's this is like a nice reminder for me as well, because I feel like as actors, especially obviously when working in scripted work, it's sometimes tempting to get too deep into the analysis of it all. Ugh. And script analysis, of course, is is very important to a degree. But I think sometimes it could be very tempting or it could kind of be like a trap going down this rabbit hole of getting very heady about things. Yeah. And I think what improvisation does, and especially the way that you teach it, is that it allows us to be more in our bodies and more present in those moments. I think that kind of going through the script is kind of like what you were saying. It it might be similar to running those drills in in basketball practice. But then when you're in the actual game, you're going to need that improvisation to create a a truthful and, at the end of the day, an enjoyable performance as well.
1: Exactly, because we all know how uninspiring it is to watch scripted performers who are not connected with the material. They're, They're saying it, but they're not living it. They're not being it. You know, once you've memorized your lines and, you know, run the show a couple of times, if you're running the show for weeks you want to have that ability to improvise and not improvise the lines. We want to always, you know, remain true to the playwright, but how you're saying the lines or how your fellow actor looked at you a little bit differently that night uh, or in that performance so that you can easily access and not be afraid to try something different in that moment and not that it's it's not going to change the whole meaning of the play it's just going to find another layer for you so sometimes actors come to me and they say i really want to learn how to improvise so that when i forget a line i'll be able to recover well and i'm like yes improv teaches you the art of recovery really beautifully but that's not why you would learn improv for acting like that's not the only reason to learn how to you know get back on your feet if you screw up uh, it's about finding layers inside the, the, the scripted work uh, and feeling free enough to do that instead of feeling locked in to the script.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it gives you a little bit more flexibility, but it's important with that flexibility that you have stretched many times before the time comes for the performance. Yes. Yes. For those actors who are tuning in who maybe have had a lot of actor training, they've trained a lot as actors, but maybe they haven't done a lot of improv. I know this this question I'm going to ask you, this could be several podcast episodes of information, but I'm wondering just from your perspective working in the world, what would you say are some of the most important skill sets with improvisation that really kind of lays down the 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 foundations uh, that maybe someone who has training as an actor but maybe not as much an improv could could kind of take away from that?
1: right? That's a great question. And yes, we could we I mean, you know, you could take my fourteen week class <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> right, to right. Uh, you know unravel all of that. so, a lot of actors sort of pay lip service to some of these skills that I might mention. So I, even, I, I noticed on your um, podcast list that you had a whole podcast on listening, for example, right, how important listening is. That is a huge part of being an improviser People think that improvisers have some amazing storehouse of 50 million ideas in their brain and they just walk out and they just come out of their mouth and, and it's about what they're saying. But it is the complete opposite. It's about having nothing in your head and just allowing the listening to your partner to spark an idea or spark a true feeling from you so that you then can say something uh, or m- make an offer, a physical offer, a verbal offer. So learning how to be present and listen and release all of the uh, noise in your head, that's actually what improvisers do. So they don't go on with ideas, they go on with no ideas, and they are just present. They have to have a lot of faith in themselves. It builds a lot of confidence in yourself. You have to have faith that something will come. You have to have faith that that will happen, that you are going on stage with nothing, And then you're going to create this amazing world and it will happen. So um, there's a lot of just belief in yourself, which leads me to a lot of scripted actors, like award-winning scripted actors, are petrified of improvisation because they've never practiced that and they only have belief in the playwright and the play and the script and they don't believe that they have anything worthy to say or or that nothing interesting will come. And again, that's why I feel you just need reps. You just need to put yourself in that place and make it happen and, and be bad at it, flounder around. You're not gonna be great at it. Like you're not gonna be a great guitar player or a tennis player or anything. You might have some innate talent for anything you do, acting, playing a sport, language, whatever. Maybe some innate talent, but everything takes practice. And improv takes practice. That's the big paradox of improv. Improvising takes practice. So anyway, so you got listening and being present. And then, as I said before, the art of recovery. So the idea of being so relaxed, right? the best I'm sure, again, your listeners know that relaxation is goes a long way to being a great actor. Breathing, relaxing, being comfortable in your body. Improvisers release the fear of having to be in control. So I always call myself a recovering control freak. Um, You know, I (laughs) like being in control. I like knowing what's going to happen next. You know, that kind of stuff. That is, you know, 20 years ago, Bobby. I have from studying improv. I have released all of that because I understand the freedom that comes from uh, discovery instead of invention. Right? Improvisers discover, they don't invent. And I know that I can recover. I am resilient. I can recover. So no matter what happens to me, I can recover. That's what improvisers practice. We don't practice being perfect, we practice what happens when we're not perfect. Can we recover? (laughs) Um, So those are some of the skills. Again, I, I could go on and on on that one, but those are some of the skills that I feel that studying improv can bring to your scripted acting
0: yeah oh my gosh that's so helpful i think you, you made so many great points especially about listening too. i think a, a common misconception like you were saying before i think that sometimes with improv A lot of people, whether it's people studying improv or whether it's just people watching improv, sometimes think like, oh, I need to come up with something clever to say, or, oh, I need to be witty or, or, you know, whatever it may be. But you're absolutely right. I feel like so much of it is just listening and being present as to what's going on. And that is so applicable to scripted work as well, because I think sometimes... With scripted work, especially if you're in a production that has uh, many shows, it's easy to kind of just get in this rote pattern. But if you're really listening, as you were saying, you're really able to keep that performance interesting and to keep it exciting and engaging for the audience.
1: And for yourself and to discover more things. Right. So it's not just I I've discovered the show. The show is what it is. It shall remain that way, never to be changed, right? That's not what live theater is all about. Maybe that's, you know, when you capture it on film, because I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting, You obviously you'll have a lot of film actors listening to this as well. So if it's captured on film, sure, uh, it, it's, it's static. But in theater, there's opportunity for you to always dig deeper, which I find very exciting. Here's another thing that people say to me. So they say, I want to learn improv so I can learn how to, you know, when I forget a line, to jump back in. And they say, I want to learn improv so I can be a, a quick thinker, faster on my feet. And I said, well, that's nice. But first, you have to become a slow listener. So I don't teach quick thinking. I teach slow listening. And after you learn the art of slow listening, the, again, the reps over and over again, then the time it takes to go in your ears to your brain and out your mouth, that track gets faster, right? It goes in my ears, it goes to my brain, I think, and I can say something. And that's fine, you take it easy, take it slow, that's what I teach, slow response. But then, the better you get at it or the more you practice it, then you will become fast on your feet, you will become quicker. But that's not where you start. You can't teach somebody to be fast. Like that's, that's the antithesis. <laughs> yeah. They will freeze. They will not be fast. They will not be funny or witty or clever. Uh, they will be frozen in fear.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's such a such an important takeaway for sure. It, to, to kind of go off of that, there, as we discussed earlier, I think that improvisation while unfortunately it's still not like a mainstay in a lot of academic programs, like I agree with you, like it should be, it has grown in in popularity. So for those who are listening, would you recommend a specific teachers or schools, or I guess to, to kind of take a step back, how do you think actors could, what's the best way In your opinion that actors could get involved with improv right
1: yeah thank you for coming back around to that because i was just thinking about academic and of course you know once you're out of school there are lots of opportunities to take uh improv classes so there are improv schools all over the country there's short form improv as i described with comedy sports which is playing games and the games I think are a beautiful training ground. It's safe, it's fun, it's silly, it's it's very freeing, really works on spontaneity and flexibility and working as a team. So if you find a a short form game playing improv class, like through comedy sports, for example, that's a great start. Then you might wanna look at long form. And long form are places that, well, in New York, it used to be UCB. Uh, There's a place called the Magnet Theater uh, People's Improv Theater in um, in New York. Uh, then there's IO in LA, Improv Olympic, and then in Chicago, there's a ton of improv schools. There's IO. There's the Annoyance Theater, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of places, and just start looking it up, googling it, and finding it. But here's the thing: like any class that you take, if you're not getting what you feel you need out of it, don't give up. Just find another teacher they're not it's not the right teacher for you or it's not the right culture for you or it's not you know it wasn't the right class for you just try it again don't just do it once try to find something different and do it again and see where that leads you long-form classes are going to teach you not necessarily my well not at all my form of acting which I like I said is somewhat unique They're going to teach you how to do something called the uh, finding the game of the scene, which is sort of a comic formula, how to be in a scene and then find what the pattern is in the scene and then heighten the pattern to find what's funny in the scene. And that's a great tool. Uh, And they're going to teach you different formats in which to perform long form improv. So you'll still get a lot out of it. And you can still apply all of that to your acting. If you want to do the kind of acting that I've worked with you and, and your castmates on, that's a little harder to find. Then you just have to look me up and come to Philadelphia and take a class with me. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs>
0: yes. It exists, yeah. it's
1: out there. It is definitely out there. There are some places in Austin, Texas that are doing it, there are, are some places in LA. I don't know exactly what's happening in New York as far as that kind of grounded realism acting, uh, acting based improv. Uh, but I do know that it exists and um, I would be happy to recommend or work with anybody if they want to reach out to me, and say, I really want to find this actor improv kind of stuff. How do I find that in the city that I live in? I'm happy to go find it with you because I want to know as well. So that's, yeah. that's the advice I have.
0: Yeah. To kind of go off of that too, a company that actually you originally connected me with, A few years ago, it was Village Playback Theater in New York. It's a company that you had sent me a summer intensive training about it. And I took the training. And then for a couple of years, I actually performed with them. They're here in New York. And I feel like playback theater. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, Yeah, I performed with them for a couple of years. So uh, I feel like playback theater in a lot of ways infuses. You know some of that serial comic element that that you teach in your work. It is it is different. There are you know elements for you know a variety of reasons that I would say that it's different. But it does take improv and long-form improv, uh, the approach to it is different than, say, some of your more standard uh, comedic improv schools that are out there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, try playback. It's It's like, and I've used this analogy before as well, you know, you can learn how to play a musical instrument and you can learn how to play it. I know how to play these notes, right? But then you've got jazz, classical, rock, country, whatever. You've got so many genres. So just know what genre you're in. So if you take a playback class and it's like, eh, I'm not really feeling it, then take a different genre of improv class and see where you're feeling it. All the classes should be working on these reps of being in the moment and being present and working off of each other. That you'll get from all of them. But you got to find something you enjoy doing and love doing. Uh, And again, if you like finding the funny and being imaginative and, you know, the fun of improv is like, you know, suddenly I'm a frog, you know, you just can be whatever you want (laughs) to be. And that's so fun. Uh, The kind of improv that I'm working on the most is that ain't happening. You're, you are, you, you're playing close to who you are and you're, um, you're staying in the realm of realism. So there's lots of different genres of improv.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, With regards to the improv conversation, too, I'd be remiss if I did not bring this up, that there have been a lot of people who I have talked to who are not actors. Some of them work in other industries. One I'm thinking of specifically worked in finance. There's someone else who I think worked in healthcare as well. People who do not work in the acting world who have told me, I took an improv class and it's been one of the most helpful classes that I have ever taken in my life and I'm able to apply it to the work that I'm doing. And I know that's something that you also do a lot of is is corporate training and and working with a variety of different organizations on something called applied improv. So for those who are listening who might not be actors, maybe they could be directors or writers who have never taken an improv class. Or, you know, I would just love, even for our actors, if you could just share that perspective as well. What is your experience in working with businesses and organizations outside of the traditional acting world? And how have you seen improvisation help them as well?
1: Great, thanks for bringing that into the conversation. So I will say that directors and playwrights, people who are still in this industry Even if you have no intention of being in front of the camera or in front of an audience, yes, taking an acting or or an improv class is going to help you, especially writers. Improv really helps writing because, as I said, you're writing on your feet. You're a playwright. That said, let's just go to a completely different world, the corporate world. People who are yeah, lawyers and and insurance salespeople and wealth managers and everything under the sun I've worked with. And all of the skills that we've been talking about all along are really helpful skills in life. Uh, Even right now, this conversation, Pat, just I'm noticing the way you converse. You're really present. You're really listening. You're yes-ending what I say. You know, you have your questions that you want to ask me, but you don't have to hold on to that script. You're really hearing what I'm saying and building off of it just makes you a good conversationalist and a good podcast host right
0: oh thank you (laughs) you're
1: welcome um but that's what people need they need to be able to learn how to be in the moment when they're conversing with someone so i teach a lot of corporate people how to have an authentic connected conversation with the people that they lead for example if you're a manager and you have direct reports I know you're gonna to wanna to sit down with them and tell them things. You know, you're doing this wrong and this wrong, da, 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 and you'll just monologue at them. And then at the end of your monologue, what do you think? Is that all right? Is that, you know, and you have not given them an opportunity to speak at all. And you know, 10 minutes ago, they've already shut down. They can't even hear what you're saying. And they leave the meeting without it feeling like anything was accomplished. And so I teach leaders how to listen, how to be quiet, how to get what they need from their employees by listening and having a back and forth give and take conversation. That's gonna be way more fruitful than just telling people what to do, yeah. So part of it is just learning how to be a good conversationalist and yes and what the other person has to say. We do, I do all kinds of exercises with my corporate clients that I would do literally the same exact exercises I would do in my improv classes. We just debrief the exercise in a way that applies what they learned to their interactions with others. Uh, And yes and is a big part of it. We talk about the difference between yes but and yes and. Uh, I have them, you know, uh, have a conversation using yes but which we use all day long in the workplace. People say, yes, but we really can't do that because it's too expensive. Yes, but I don't think that's... So they yes, but people all the time and yes, but is emotionally incongruent. It's a positive and a negative and it makes people feel distanced from you and not trust you. So where wow. can we replace the but with a breath, with a pause or with an and? so that you're building. The and is, I hear what you're saying and I'm gonna build off of what you say. Even though I have an agenda, I'm gonna release that agenda for now and I'm just gonna and you. And how that really creates more positive outcomes. Whether you're inventing something, you're just trying to be more innovative, or whether you're just trying to build trust. Because trust is what the whole business world is built on. and. One great way to build trust is to make the other person feel like you heard them. You weren't, (laughs) you weren't thinking ahead. You weren't thinking 12 other ideas while they were talking to you. You weren't just waiting for a pause in the conversation so that you can say what you wanted to say 10 minutes ago. So when somebody feels heard, they're more likely to trust you when they trust you, more work gets done. So those are the kinds of things I work with my corporate clients on.
0: Oh, it's, it's so important. I think as, Actors and as improvisers, for those of us who are so enmeshed in, in the entertainment world, in the performing world, I think sometimes it's easy to forget the skills that we're learning and how they could apply to, to different industries and different walks of life. I really believe that the skills that we learn as actors and, you know, in our case, more specifically, improvisers, they really are life skills that are so easily adaptable well maybe not easily it it takes work but that are adaptable to to different walks of life and and that's why I'm just uh I'm so inspired by the work that you do Bobby I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us on actor cast it's been so great talking with you and your perspective on improv and performing has just been It's been so influential to me as a performer and as I've gone about my work and my career and just my approach to, to my work as an actor. And, and so just know, you know, just how much I appreciate the work that you do. And I'm very confident that our listeners who are tuning in today will be able to walk away from this episode having learned something as well. So I, I can't thank you enough.
1: Thank you, Pat. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I totally enjoyed it.
0: Before we head out, I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners where they could find out more information about you and all the great work that you do.
1: Well, for my applied improv work, you can go to my website, which is bobbyblock.com. That's b-o-b-b-i-b-l-o-c-k.com. Uh, Tongue and Groove, which is uh, which was my theater company for fifteen years, we're not producing right now. We may sometime in the future, but the website is still up. So if you have an interest in just poking around on the website and seeing some video clips, uh, you can go to tongue-groove.com. Tongue-groove.com. Uh, other than that, we're I'm not performing with Tongue and Groove right now. Uh, So there's nothing that I have to plug for people to come see, but definitely check out the work and I will be doing something in this realm in the future. Just the next big project hasn't shown up yet.
0: Great, well, I'll make sure to include those links to your websites in the show notes. So listeners out there, all you have to do is click those links provided. Bobby, any parting words of advice for our actors today?
1: Take an improv class not only might it change your life perspective and the way that you go about just interacting with other people and not only will it affect your acting or playwriting or directing career you also meet nice people it's a great community it's always a fun ensemble building collaborative class to take and you'll Almost anybody who takes an uh, an improv class says that they make good friends in the class. So that's another reason to do it.
0: Awesome. Well, Bobby, thank you so much again. A lot of great words of wisdom for us to walk away with. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thanks so much, Pat.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast. You can head to ActorCast.fm and leave us a review to let us know what you thought of this episode. If you haven't already done so, sign up for our newsletter to get the latest and greatest information on upcoming guests, showcases, and much more. I look forward to catching you all in the next episode, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create.